Hello and welcome back to this week's Nash and Pine Sports Chat. So we are back to talk with you about all things Times Readership Area Sports. Uh, delayed a couple days. We had some scheduling conflicts earlier this week, but we're back. I'm your host, Wilson Times Sports Editor Andrew Schnitker. Here with Wilson Times Sports Editor Paul Durham. Paul, we've got a quite a bit to talk about once again. We've even got some uh, some conference games with basketball to break down. Yeah, the basketball is off and running. We're not just into uh, Christmas tournament season. We're in the conference season, at least for the Quad County Conference and uh, the Tar Roanoke Athletic Conference. That's right, yeah. Yeah, new, we're new six two a new six with Benningfield North Johnson. That won't start until after Christmas. Yeah, that's a traditional sixteen conference. Well, it's you know smaller conference. You don't you don't really need to uh, to start that up until a little bit later. Right, but I like to have the the conference mixed in with the uh, Christmas stuff. It's almost like getting eat Christmas no, food and regular food at the same time. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's nice and nice and chaotic. So that's uh, <laughs> that's good. But the um, look, you know, looking, we'll we'll start with that Quad County Conference play. You know, the Fight Girls uh, team that has aspirations of winning that conference, they're off for Christmas now, but not before two commanding road wins over South Johnston and West Johnston earlier this week. Um, I think if you're Fight Girls, you have to feel pretty good going into conference play. You've still got that Southern Wayne team that went undefeated last year and is bringing a lot back to contend with. But I think if you look at Fike and the way that they've played this year, you know, it's, it's kind of almost as expected that they've been really good with all the people that were coming back. And then Jamaria Freeman has really just added another dimension for that team. Yeah, Jamaria has been a little X factor for the Fike girls. That We're going to be better anyway because they were all a year older and they all came back for the most part. Jewel Brewington, now a sophomore. Avery Lentz, now a senior. Connie Pleasant's a junior. And then when you put Jamaria in that mix and she kind of does a little bit of everything on the basketball floor. Um, man, you, you see what the results are. Again, though, it, it's impressive because South Johnson and West Johnson were pretty good last year. They, they were certainly middle to upper of the of the conference. Don't know how it's going to you know pan out this year. I, I think we're all in agreement that Southern Wayne is going to be you know as good, if not better, than they were last year. So that's probably what it's going to come down to. But hey, two and zero and a you know, with a couple of blowout wins, got to make the fight girls feel pretty good about their week off as they head into the uh, Ferris and Thomas Holiday Tournament next week. Yeah, and they'll play Hunt to start that off. Um, yeah, always always good to have momentum going into the, the time off. Fight boys, on the other hand, um, you know, they had that dramatic last-second win over Bettingfield last Friday, but their start to conference play has not been as kind losses to those two South Johnston and West Johnston teams um you know this is a you know this fight team boys team has a lot of guys coming back too but going into their break they've they've got some more to figure out yeah they they need to figure out how to be consistent they know they can get it done they've gotten it done upon uh two games so now it's just a matter of trying to put it together against each opponent that they play so It'll be interesting to see how the Golden Demons do because, like you said, they do have a lot of, uh, of returnees. Caleb Willingham, uh, Bryson Summerlin, um, just to name a couple right off the top of my head. But they, um, they really have to uh, find a way to be more consistent and play well every time they take the court and not just a few games. 
Um, same with the Hunt girls. They are actually probably really consistent on the wrong way right now. They're just not getting it together, which is kind of uh, confusing to me because they have a lot of players back. Kayla Haley, Tyja Taylor, Graceland Wolzen, uh, Kennedy Smith. They got a lot of players with a lot of experience, um, but they are just not getting it together. So we'll see. But I, I would keep an eye on those Hunt girls. I mean, they are definitely not a team that's not going to win a game all year. They haven't won one yet, but I feel like they've got some wins. Uh, uh, they've got some wins in them as the season moves along. The Christmas tournament, they won it last year. Um, we'll see how they do it this time. The other teams, the Hunt boys, I got a chance to see them play at the uh, Wilson Prep uh, Hoop State Showcase last week against a really tall and talented Southern Durham team with um, with a player named Jackson Keith that had a University of Virginia coach there to watch him. This team reminded me of that Fayetteville 71st team that knocked Hunt out of the playoffs last year. Very tall, a bunch of guys 6'5 or 6'6 and uh, taller. And Hunt really was, you know, caught dead in the lights in the first half of that game. Didn't really have much offense, didn't know what to do. Was uh, overwhelmed by their height and their defensive pressure by Southern Durham. And in the second half, they came out and they played together and they sort of got it done. And they really should have won the game at the end. They just uh, uh, back-to-back three-point plays by Southern Durham turned a four-point lead into a two-point loss. And so, you know, Hunt had to learn from that game, but Leap walk coming out of that game, I told Coach Dwight Taylor, I said, you guys grew up a lot today. You should be able to take something from that. And um, he, he agreed. Of course, it didn't really pan out in their first game against CBA Cock in Quad County. So, Well, if you look at if you look at it for both the Hunt teams so far, I mean, too, I mean, really, it's been a brutal schedule. I mean, you talk about the boys playing Correct. Southern Durham in that showcase, and then you look at the rest of the non-conference. I mean, D.H. Conley twice. That's a 4A school. Rocky Mount twice, especially on the girls' side. I mean, girls, Rocky Mount girls, we've already talked about. Let's give them the probably, championship now. Probably the state. And then, you know, Beddingfield twice, which the boys split with Beddingfield. That's a tough cross-down rivalry game. And, the you know, the girls playing the Beddingfield girls twice. I mean, we know yeah. how tough they are. And, you know, even ACOC, I think the ACOC girls didn't have a good year last year, but I think they're pretty improved. They've got... Um, another one of those Wilson Prep transfers and Audrey, Audrey Teasley, who was really good for the Tigers last year. And if you look at the ACOC boys with the piece, some of the pieces that they have, like Cam and DJ Prince, um, I, I think the ACOC boys are going to be right there as one of the contenders to win the Quad County this year. Well, it's like you just said, all those teams Hunt's played, and what did Dwight say after ACOC beat them? That's probably the best team we played. Yeah. So that says a lot about ACOC. Um, shouldn't be a surprise. They were pretty good last year in Challenge Hunt. But um, I think their only two losses came to Hunt, but they weren't very close games. So we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I mean, Hunt's got a scheduling problem too. But, you know, that's what you do right now. It's December. Right. Now, both of them tonight, you know, the, the games will have been played by the time you guys listen to this. Um, play Smithfield-Selma, which is 0-4 in both boys and girls that that's a big opportunity for you know both of those hunt teams to kind of right the ship a little bit get a win under their belt and feel good going into the christmas yeah tournament. sometimes you just need a win right yeah you just need to win a game and that's what hunt is i think with the boys and girls tonight when they go to smithfield they both just need a win well and you know last year it was kind of a case of um you know 
at least in basketball, that playing Smithfield Selma would kind of cure what ailed you. So we'll uh, we'll see if that's still still the case this this year. That's right. We'll find out. The moving along too, we've got um, Beddingfield. You know, the Beddingfield girls took that first loss last Friday against Fike. I talked to Jody O'Neill after the game. He felt like they kind of needed a game like that to kind of learn some tough lessons. Had a tough game against Nash Central on Tuesday night, but ended up coming up with the win. Denisha Briggs kind of, she I think she had five points at halftime in the 19 in the second half, kind of took the game over, That which that's that's what she does. Yeah, what do they used to say on ESPN Sports Center? You can't, you can't, uh, you can only hope to contain her, I guess. Yeah. You can't, you can't stop her, you can only hope to contain her is the, uh, the key with Denisha. So they've got to figure out ways to get her uh, engaged early on. But, I mean, it's going to be a challenge each time out. Every team is geared to stopping her. So, um, But i got to tell you, I mean, you know, look, they, despite what goes on in the world, i got to feel like there's something right going on when you've got girls teams from Fike and Bettingfield that are loaded and really going at it because that, that has been such a great rivalry over the last, I don't know, 50 years or almost 50 years, the schools since Bettingfield came about. I'm I'm excited about the Christmas tournament and these teams playing each other again. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch those Betty Field and uh, fight girls go at it. Probably in the championship game. Probably though, I would I would caution. Um, you know, you never know. You know, look, I you would think Fike shouldn't have a problem with Hunt the way those those two teams have opened their seasons, but that's kind of one of those rivalry games where you never quite know. True, but uh, based on what I've seen, I so think far Fike, this I, year, I no would, look. I think Fike will handle it. the one I would the one I would really caution. You know, of hey, don't look ahead. Would be Bettingfield playing against those Southern Nash girls in the first round. True, yes. because Southern. I mean, Bettingfield. Now Bettingfield had a couple starters out the other night, but they you know that game kind of came down to the wire with Nash Central, and you look at the Southern Nash girls. You know, they lost those two. Tough games against Fike, but I say tough games against Fike as in they were competitive against Fike in their first two games. They lost by three and they lost by nine, and the one by nine, Fike kind of pulled away at the end. And since then, Southern Nash has won four in a row. They've started two and zero in uh, Big East conference play, including a win over Nash Central. They've played well. Um, you know that. That Southern Nash team, you've got some good pieces with Jeremiah Walker and Darielle Whitley back. And Jordan Bass said, you know, that he thinks that they can be a, a pretty improved team in that conference this year. Yeah, what they have are just some girls who are good athletes. And, you know, so they have to be respected, obviously. And to be honest with you, I don't think Bettingfield is uh, the girls' team is at that point where they have the depth that they should just go out there and expect to win every single game. I mean, I don't think any team ever should go expect to win every single game. But the point is is that Bettingfield is going to struggle at times, I think, against teams that have depth or if they get into some stuff themselves, if they don't have a couple starters out there, like you said. So they're not this clear-cut, unassailable bunch of uh, players that is not ever going to lose a game just based on their sheer talent. If they stay healthy, they might, but there's going to be some times where they struggle. And a lot of that has to do with if Denisha is not able to get her amount of points and and somebody else is shooting poorly, it's you know right. it's going to be a problem for them. So I don't, I don't think they're um, untouchable. 
um, against anybody. No, don't get me wrong. I expect them to beat Southern Nash. Right, I wouldn't bet against them. But I'm saying that that's the kind of game, if they're not on point and things don't go their way with fouls, injury, whatever – it could, you know, it could be interesting. So well, we'll see. Yeah, well, like we said, we we saw from Fike, you know, probably not clicking on all cylinders in those first couple games against Southern Nash, and they made it tough on him. Yeah, and well, it, you first, know, first I, two games of the season, right? Are a little tough. Yeah, I, and I do think that betting field's better equipped than they were last year to handle if you know Denisha has a night where she's getting shut down a little right. bit. They had a couple games like that already this year where people like. K.J. Hill and T.J. Harris have stepped up, but K.J. Hill got hurt early in that game against Nash Central on Tuesday night. But they're so. going to need that if they want to go, you know, get to the end of the season and only have a couple losses. Exactly, yeah. Bettingfield boys, though, talk about getting better. They're already better than they were last year. By, by definition, they had two wins last year. They have three now, and you know I think We're it's not even halfway through December. Well, and the other thing about these wins is they've all been like you know down to the wire tight fourth quarter finishes. You look at the game against Hunt, the game against Fike, even the game they lost against Fike. Now this last win over at Nash Central, you know they're they're learning how to play in those situations. And talking with Aunt Burns and a couple of those players, those are situations that I saw betting field in a couple times last year. And that, you know, it'd be close at the start of the fourth quarter, and then they would just kind of, you know, not panic, not know what to do, and the other team would end up running away with it. So I think if you're betting field, you have to be really encouraged with the fact that this team is showing a willingness and an ability to pl- go out and play in those situations and make the tough plays. You have to play down the stretch. And, cause, and you know, Ant Burns said it after the game, you know, that that's good because even when they get into their conference, they're probably not going to you know, blow very many teams, if any, out. They're going to play in a lot of these close games, I think. Right, but, well, you know, when you have a team like his, which is is pretty, you know, as he said, we got some athletes. We just don't have a lot of basketball players, which is unusual for Bettingfield High School. But he has made a point over and over, hey, I'm teaching the game to a lot of these guys. You know, they, they don't understand some of the nuances of basketball. So when... When you have that, you're going to have these these periods where things really, the light goes off and these kids can get a lot better or maybe play a lot better for a game or two. Um, you know, there's going to be some steps back. But I expect that it's going to be kind of an exciting adventure for the Bettingfield boys team this year as they sort of crest these little uh, hills and sort of survive these valleys. But, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count them out against anybody, to be honest with you. They've got talent. Kind of like the football team. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just need to believe and, you know, get some experience under their belt and learn how to win. You have to learn how to win games, too. They're not always going to be cut and dry and other teams are going to fall apart for you. So, Well, and it's good to see just, just in general because unless you were coached by Jeremy Howard or Jody O'Neill, it was a pretty tough year at Bettingfield last season. Yeah, pretty much. So they've got to learn how to win across the board. But that's happening. It is. It's good. It's it's been really you know we've seen it with football. We're seeing it now with boys basketball. It's fun to see the strides that are being made over there because I think you know they were hit pretty hard by those pandemic years. Yeah, hopefully that's behind them now and they can move on. So I I mean I expect the Bettingfield boys basketball team to contend for a postseason berth even with a six team conference. I think they're good enough to get in that mix. But no, it's like, Goldsboro is really good. Um, they're going to be tough to beat. Princeton obviously, but. 
I mean, who's to say Bettyfield can't get into there? And no, I mean, beat it, one of those teams. It's like you once. said. I mean, if you look at their team, you look at guys like Asun Pender, Tavon Edwards, um, Isaac Petaway. I mean, they've Jemiah got Newsom. yeah, exactly. They've got some good talent out there. Jamir, I'm sorry, Jamir New, um, Zeth Bradford too. He's had some good games for him. So I mean, they, they've right. got some good pieces to work with for sure. They'll have one more game. Uh, before the Christmas tournament, they'll have that return engagement at Green Central. And then they'll have their hands full in their first game of the Christmas tournament when they take on the Southern Nash boys, who are 7-0. and You know, Robbie Kennedy told me, you know, they might have to be piecing some things together in the early going, and maybe they are, but they're if, if they are, you know, piecing it together on the fly, they're winning while they're doing it because they're 7-0. and Jordan Vicks leading the way. I think they recently got Traylon Mitchell back into the mix. He'd missed the first few games um, rehabbing an injury from football. You've got Landon Baker down low. So I think Southern Nash boys are a team that can be expected to be a contender in that Big East Conference for sure. Yeah, I think Robbie Kennedy has one of the better teams he's had in a while just because Jordan's a, you know, junior, he's a junior now. He's an older upperclassman. He knows what to do. He's a true leader. I mean, you know, he's a freshman sophomore. He was the best player on the team, and they gave him the ball. But, you know, he was a freshman and sophomore. So I think this team with him, um, you know, understanding his role and having a capable surrounding cast, I mean, you know, they got to play in that Big East Conference, the Rocky Mount. Northern Nash, I expect, is probably going to have a pretty decent team as they yeah. have. Um, you know, I don't know what the two A teams over there are going to be like, uh, but I mean, it's not going to be an easy conference, so we'll see. I mean, you know, Southern Nash could do some things, and I think Jordan Vick is still has yet to write his greatest chapters uh, of being a high school player. I think by the time he's done, he's really going to he's he's going to leave uh, his mark at Southern Nash for sure. I mean, he's already committed to East Carolina. Um, you know, Southern Nash had a lot of football players come out, track athletes. I don't can't think of too many boys basketball players that have gone on and signed and you know played major Division One basketball. So we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, I keep think, looking at him, thinking, I wonder if this was what Steph Curry was like in high school. He's got a long ways to go, obviously, as well as an outside shooter. But man, he's got he's not a big guy at all, but he can really make a difference on the floor. Well, and you know, too, looking at, you know, if he ends up going there, you know, you never know these days with college basketball, everything can get shifted around. But if he goes to ECU, I mean, how big is that for ECU to end up having one of the top guys right here in this North Carol Eastern North Carolina area come out and play for them? I mean, that that I don't think that happens very often basketball wise. No, the Pirates don't. They don't. I guess they're not in line for the top talent from North Carolina in terms of basketball, so they don't usually ever get it. Um, I know one famous pirate that played years ago, and now is the Green Central head coach, Blue Edwards, was an Eastern North Carolina talent, but he came from Lewisburg. So I'd say it's huge to get Jordan's commitment because I mean he's you know he's got. He's got offers from ACC schools, or he had them. Uh, I know Wake Forest so. was interested in right. him, I think. And I, so. think I think Virginia at one time looked at him. Yeah. But, I mean, he's had a lot of looks. He just uh, went ahead and, and committed to ECU before his junior year started. So. But as, as you said, I don't know. I mean, these days things change a lot, and the commitment at this point is just a commitment. It can change before he signs his name on the dotted line in a year and a half. So. Yeah, college sports are kind of – 
kind of crazy in that regard these days. Yeah, and then when you get there, you don't stay. Right, so. you got the transfer portal. So, looking ahead, looking ahead to it, another couple teams. You got, you said you were out at that Wilson Prep showcase last weekend. You got a chance to see them against Farmville Central. Another tough loss for the Tigers boys in that one, but. The good news for Wilson Prep is that they're three and zero to start Taro and Oak Athletic Conference play. So you you know you've got to be happy about that. Yeah, the really big game for Wilson Prep was last week at North Edgecombe to start uh, Taro and Oak play, and that's been a traditional tough game. And and it was like Anthony Atkinson said, we've never started three and zero in his time at Wilson Prep. So that's because they always start with North Edgecombe, and it's North Edgecombe has almost always won that first game, whether it was here or over in Leggett. Um, and last week's game was at North Edgecombe. So that was a huge win for them. Then they got a big win at Rocky Mount Prep on Friday and then came back and played a Farmville Central team that had kind of run them in the ground over at Farmville um, in their second game. And uh, it kind of ended up the same way. Wilson Prep played really good for a quarter and a half, but as Coach Atkinson said, I mean, my guys are not going to run with Farmville Central, which is bigger deeper and i mean they're uh well they didn't win the state championship last year they lost in the championship game and that was the only time in the last four years they haven't won it i mean they're a dynasty right now and they've got players that if they don't win it this year i'd like to see the team that beats them because i mean josh short that kid is incredible he's he's committed to new orleans and so you know basically wilson prep just couldn't keep up with them and they shouldn't really be expected to keep up with farmville central right now at the end of the year, they probably would like to, but they're not going to have to worry about them. So, again, you play these tough teams in December, get your butts handed to you, and you take it, you know, and move on. And I think that's what they're trying to do right now. They've got a lot of games coming up. They're playing in that uh, uh, Champion City Classic or whatever it's called in Durham. I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact name. Um, it's got Champion in it. It's basically a Durham Christmas tournament against three teams, including two from out of state. They're playing a 6A Florida team next week and so i think we'll find a lot more but you know everything about wilson prep is geared towards winning that tar roanoke and then trying to win another state 1a championship yeah. for the boys no i and i you know i think that you've got a lot to feel good about right now going forward into the rest of the season if you're wilson prep another team that i think has a lot to feel good about that we'll wrap up with is the greenfield boys you know looking at them They've got their Christmas tournament coming up next week, coming off a nice uh, milestone win for head coach Rob Salter on Monday, number 600. 600. That's crazy. Looking at what he's built over there, I mean, that's just super impressive. And I think they've got a pretty impressive team this year. I mean, they've won their last, you know, four in a row now. They've only got three losses in the year, two of which were at that, um, that, you know, that tournament down on the coast against two really tough schools from Virginia. I said they're going into their own Christmas tournament next week. They'll start against New Life Christian on Wednesday. Last year they lost in the championship game of the Christmas tournament against Wayne Country Day. So, Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the Greenfield Christmas tournament used to always be something that they would win, and then there was a few years where they didn't win it um, because they started – getting a lot better teams to come and you know just it's not something you're going to win every year when you have high quality teams so it'll be interesting to see how they do and then they got the john wall coming up um right after christmas so the john wall holiday invitational which they are almost becoming a yearly guest of 
And um, and so again with Greenfield, it's going to be there's going to be some stumbles. They're not they, they play such a tough schedule with a lot of showcases. They're not going to make it through unbeaten. But at the same time, all they're playing for is for February and that first year in the NCISA 2A after uh, forever in 1A. So we'll see how it works out for the Knights playing 2A. But they're gonna they're gonna stumble here and there. They're they're. I would say on paper they're probably the best team in, of the ones we cover. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise, but I mean they play such a tough schedule. It's not they're not going to go through it unscathed. No, definitely not. I'm and I'm looking forward to getting out to the John Wall to see them play one of those games. I think this is the 50th anniversary of the John Wall. But until then, I think that will do it for us this week. We will have a ton to talk to you guys about next week, previewing that Christmas tournament along with the John Wall. But until then, thank you all for listening. Goodbye.